Hello, everybody, and welcome to Pod Crash, the original podcast by the members of the band Mo. This is episode number three. Today, we're talking with the phenomenal guitar player and guitar instructor, Mr. Souk Cerullo, from the band Schleho. Hey everybody, uh, welcome to Moe's Pod Crash. Today we have Suk Cerullo. Is, is, is it Cerullo or Cerullo? Cerullo, like rule, like Cerullo. Yeah, like a ruler. Cerullo, who is uh, uh, going to be hanging with us and playing with us for our, um, the foreseeable future. That At least uh, we got a bunch of gigs coming up this summer. But um, we have everybody from the band here and... Uh, just catching up, Jim. Before we get into um, into everything, what what have you been up to, man? Uh, most, I, I actually I've been dealing with um, logistical weird audio problems. <laughs> so the, is that what's giving you uh, the the insomnia you were talking about? <laughs> that, I actually thought I, I I wondered at that in the beginning. For those who've listened to the first. Uh, podcast we did there's it sounds bizarre a little bit and that's <laughs> something that happened on my end that i was never able to figure out despite a couple weeks of trying to do everything that i could with the thing so then after that and realizing that I, it there's nothing i could do i went back to working on and recording my own stuff and i had um i wanted to switch from using battery for for my drum tracks to using contact and and get good drums so i i, I start I, I i build I, I build up a rack in contact and i'm and i'm testing out get good drums and i'm starting to hear this when i'm hitting the kick and then the snare and i'm like what the hell is that and it's it sounds like this delay this repeating thing so I thought it was had to do with the software. I get in touch with everybody. Contact, get good drums. I get on the Logic forums to try to figure this whole thing out. Can't figure it out, can't figure it out. Everyone's like, I don't, you know, send an audio exam, whatever. I'm sending these guys audio clips. And the first time I go to use OBS to record like a video of what's happening to show somebody what's happening, I go back and look at the video and the sound isn't there. The drums sound amazing. And I'm like, okay, that... <laughs> that's weird now what the hell's going on so <laughs> output of logic fine monitoring and logic messed up so i'm like okay it's the monitoring end so now i'm going through logic and i'm trying to figure this whole thing out and uh dealing with that and the audience uh monitoring software the id monitoring software so i switch everything to three and four just on a whim Problem solved. So not only is it mo mo a monitoring thing, it, it's it's only stereo output one and two. It's it's not happening on stereo output three and four. So I had to switch like my main output in Logic to three and four and switch all my like. I still don't know what's happened. I was working on it just before <laughs> we started recording the podcast stuff. I still have no idea what it is. So if anybody out there listening knows 
what this is if i don't have it solved by then please let me know if you know i think most people listening don't even know how to use GarageBand, much less <laughs> <laughs> talking about right now. This uh, you never know. Like what? Some weird. I'm, in, I'm impressed. You still are using battery, man. I yeah. loved battery. That was a great piece of stuff. Well, I realized uh, the steps that I had to go through to process drums through battery four because it's mostly used for like EDM and dance music and stuff. Like it's awesome for that, but like to do that kind of prog metal drum sounds i'm layering tons of kick drums and tons of snare drums and squashing some of them and you know i'm going through this like ri ridiculous process so the get good drums ones are awesome it's this monster kit man it's awesome it's like nice. my old drum set it's got <laughs> like you can choke have. every symbol on it you know i had to like cut symbols and search the internet for a choke sample and to get into battery for it has shit that's uh, humanly impossible to fucking play yeah yeah it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> it has like, crash stacks and and two chime bells two splashes like four crashes two chinas double kick three rack toms three floor toms like all in one thing i don't have to like retune drums to get a fifth drum and do all this other i'm so and so i was psyched so when it started going i was like oh. <laughs> insta flam yeah that's what you gotta turn off the flam button dude I had a flam button on somewhere you gotta turn it off and then the main outputs. and i'm and then i realized that i had been mixing a song with the same exact thing happening through the output of ba battery four so i'm like why is the low end just getting eaten up by everything and it's because the kick drum's going brr, 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 and just taking up all this extra space oh. so this is what you're dream, dream dreaming about every night <laughs> yeah so, so this kind <laughs> no! of stuff it's like trying to start an old vw with a <laughs> <laughs> i can relate <laughs> how is that thing going you got it out yet I don't. Oh, I've, it's so I have it in I have it in a new storage place this year, um, and it's it's all the way at the back of this this place, and it won't I won't be able to get it out until next week, I think, because there's a bunch of other cars and boats in front of it. There's so I got a wait. line. There's a line, basically. I can't. Yeah, I wanted to get it out last week, and I could, and it's a good thing I didn't because we got a foot of snow yesterday. <laughs> Your garage too full to put a freaking. Oh my gosh! Oh, we have, yeah, we have. We have two normal cars that wait, you wait, wait. garage that we put in the garage. That's correct. Every, one, every yeah. night. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, can we get back to a foot of snow? What? Yeah, we all got <laughs> yeah. snow here. Yeah, yesterday. we got a foot of snow. There was a winter storm, winter storm warning, whatever. We got a foot of snow overnight. Yeah. It was. It was. That blows. Five crusher, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That. Wow. Yeah, I'd be not in the mood for snow. We didn't get any in the city here. Yeah, we, in fact, I just did a whole like spring cleaning of our yard and, you know, there's, I mean, everything's coming up. The lilies, like every, you know, oh, it was yeah. like, everything's ready for spring here. And then we got a foot of snow. I had signed up for a race this, this past weekend uh, that kind of, those of you who know Utica and are familiar with it, it kind of winds up through, uh, through the golf course, through an area called the switchbacks that goes up to the, to the Eagle and back down through the parkway. Yeah. And, uh, it was Saturday was morning, and it was um, 38 degrees and raining. 
It was like heavy yeah. downpour and 38 oh, degrees and raining. Yeah, it was ugly. <laughs> well, we all been doing, uh, we've been doing a bunch of, Suk, have you been doing any, uh, any gigs? Um, no, with Shleho, we did a few, a couple of months ago. Um, and then, uh, so no, I haven't had my band out since pre COVID or anything. We just did, we were just doing some Shleho stuff, uh, just like I said, a couple months back. Is yeah, that the so original lineup? Yeah, which it was, which was great to get uh, Drew back. We, you know, we had three different bass players over, and they were very different players. You know, Drew was like the creative person bass wise, so it's been great having him back in. We were writing, we probably wrote three or four new tunes this year. Nice, oh wow, uh, which is really exciting. The first time we've done that, had a chance. We luckily uh, Jesse has a place in uh, John Keys uh, in Croton, so we were able to uh, set up in his house uh, downstairs and get a nice place. Uh, to jam and um you know it's been great uh doing that so but we haven't had a chance to do uh too many gigs uh but you guys have been all busy though well yeah um, trying to trying to right Chuck's, you guys Chuck's are playing been busy doing a lot of rehab <laughs> <laughs> and not for fun stuff yeah yeah <laughs> OT, not not the other time yeah yeah drew still uh -oh. doing lights for you guys yeah <laughs> now that he's back playing you know, bass, there is a there's a guy out there now who's got like a, a thing that's the exact same thing that drew designed it's like a modern version a little box pedal you control your own light show kind of portable thing <laughs> that's uh, funny. referring to years ago drew made a home depot pre i don't even know home depot was even around at that point uh, <laughs> a little home box a little light switch mechanism for his couple canisters of lights we had our own portable <laughs> light show and Drew would do it in time with stuff. And it was really good. It was really good and funny and I, so ghetto I, and small. Oh, God. I, I remember that. And I wanted one of those after seeing you guys have that. I was like, why don't we have that? Like, <laughs> we should absolutely build one of those things. It totally. You did it. Yeah, totally. We got a Chris Reagan instead. Yeah. Was it foot switches on it? Yeah, no, it was like a light switches. He bought like a, a, a distributor box kind of thing. And I think he had, how did he do it with... Just three or four switches that just control the outlets where the power was going, the outlets or something. And that just controls which colors were on or something. Yeah, something super ghetto taped up and just threw it in the merch bin. And that was our light show. But it was great because it was all timed. It was like, you know, like he was good enough to tap it in time and with polyrhythms and stuff. And it was, it would work great, you know. So let's, let's talk a little bit about, about Shleho, about the beginning of this thing. Um Oh, when, sure. Yeah. So just, yeah, just tell us a little bit about, or, you know, some of our listeners about how you guys got started and what you were doing and how the band was born and about your roots a little bit. Awesome, man. No, sure, sure. Um, well, and actually, you could probably trace it back to when I was in kindergarten. I know that's not weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. I grew up outside of Boston and my, um, I started playing guitar when I was 12. I woke up one day and I realized that there was, I wanted to play football when I was a kid. I played for five years in the Pop Warner leagues and I was really into it, but I realized what my abilities were versus my size and what I was going to do that this wasn't happening like for anything legit. And I knew I wasn't going to get in the NFL, but I realized there was no NFL of music. And I was like, I can play music. Anybody can play. I was like, this is a man. I was like, my, I want a guitar. And I knew it because I loved Van Halen. It was 1984, 1983 at this point. They hadn't actually released 1984. Um, 
and I wanted to play guitar. So I bugged my mom for a year and she got me one and it kind of came, uh, I took lessons immediately through high school. Um, and I went to Berkeley college of music. I, the only thing I wanted to do, I applied to one college. I just wanted to do something music. Berkeley seemed to have a lot of avenues. It wasn't like a conservatory. I wasn't taking that route. Um, you know, I grew up, I mean, I started playing guitar because of Van Halen. Then it was soon, it was Hendrix and, uh, David Gilmore to Steve Vai. Like, I just loved so all, all, all the guitar guys, all you, the guitar guys. In the eighties, it was insane. It was like, Hey, here's this new guy, Eric Johnson. Hey, there's another new guy, Ingve Malmsteen. Hey, there's other new blues guy, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Right. It was like Stevie Ray. Like, and that's the, the thing. Everybody was game changing. Like, right. And they were, there were guitar, like that was like, that was sort of like this. It was like the zeitgeist of guitar heroes. It was a thing. And they, everyone kind of kept setting the bar like a little bit higher or just moving Absolutely. the goalpost, you know, in a way. It was fantastic. Every single pop song had a guitar solo. Tears for Fears had great guitar solos. Like it was oh, yeah. amazing. Like it was like, where are these, where are these so many good guitar players out there? Like there was, it was just and, so guitar. <laughs> but then you also had, you know, in that same era, you had Andy Summers or, um, uh, uh, or like the edge or whatever. I'm just thinking these guys who were like still also just like pushing the envelope with like guitar, like during that era at the same time and creating all new like soundscapes for, for us, like as, as you're growing, not to mention Alex life's in and whatever, who like kind of bridged all of that stuff. And there's so much going on. Like, absolutely. I mean, Alex life's alone, just using his delays and his settings and when he did, I mean, it was so ahead of the game, Yeah. but it just seemed like that's what was happening. That's today's music. Oh, this cool new album. You know, it was like, it was just, you look back and like, Oh my gosh, man, every one of these guys was setting a new bar in some way about something. Um, so getting back. So when I was at Berkeley, one of my main goals was to be in a band before I graduated. I was scared to death. I was going to come out of the school and just be like, now what? I was like, if I don't meet someone, later, really like, I got to find a band, something people to play with. Something has to happen by the time I'm out of the school. Um, so my buddy from kindergarten also was at Berkeley. He was a horn player, John McBride, and he's a, always like a consummate musician. He just knew what to do musically growing up. When I started playing guitar, he was one of the handful of people we played with in high school. And he was always like turning me on. Hey, did you ever heard of George Benson? I was like, who? He's like, listen to this, man. He sings with this stuff. And I was like, what? And I was like, oh my God. And I was like, he would just turn me on to me. He opened my world, turning me on to John Coltrane. We sat one day at Berkeley and he's like, hey man, you got to check this album. I'll sit down. Let's open a Guinness and let's just listen. And my life changed. I was like, boom, there we go. Whoop, new course. <laughs> it was incredible. Like it was amazing. My whole, like uh, my students laugh at me now because I missed a lot of the nineties rock because I turned back to like 1960 jazz for that period of my life. We just went straight back. So going forth, I, the one time in my life, I had a house party at my house at my mom's house. It was just me and my mom at the house outside of the suburbs of Boston. My friend, John brings this guy to my house. And in strolls, this guy with long, huge dreads. And he's like, <laughs> I need to use your phone right now. And I was like, what? Who are you? And my house is like overflowing with people. It's already getting out of control. Like, you know, that feeling if you've ever had this situation. Like you can't have fun at your own party and your house yeah, is getting right. overwhelmed. People are showing up. You don't know who they are. And you're like, oh, what? The dude's like, I need to make a phone call. Sorry, it's going to be long distance. I was like, wait, what? 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 <laughs> he's on the phone for 45 minutes. He's on the phone for 45 minutes. And I'm like, John, who is this? Who is this dude who brought into my house, man? So come to find out. It was Eric Eagle, my drummer, the drummer from Schleho, <laughs> and the guitar player in their band, Johnny Schleho, just totaled the car of the bass player who was Drew. 
of Shleho. And it was a big, big explosion in their band of what was happening. So he had to come in at my house. He's calling the rest of the band to say that they're kicking Mike out. He just totaled Drew's car. Something happened. Something crazy happened like this. I don't really know. I probably get I'm sure in trouble for this. Um, so anyways, that's how I met Eric. So before we know it, he's like, hey, man, we need a guitar player in our band. Do you want to come over and jam? And I was like, uh, okay, yeah, this is sure, sure. So they had you just erased the, the long distance phone call, right? Yeah. Man. I was like, okay, cool. this is perfect. Exactly. I was like, okay, you maybe you can save myself on this. So now That's prior probably a scam to this, they use for long distance calls all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there prior to no this, Johnny I had just <laughs> <laughs> so it was Johnny and I hated that name when they came here. I was like, we gotta get rid of Johnny. I don't want the who's Johnny thing. I can't, I can't from the outsiders on in my life to Johnny do it for Johnny. Who's John? I was like, no, no, just got to get rid of the Johnny. That's how that name thing. Uh, but the funny part is, so when he, uh, we, I went over to play with them, um, unbelievably. So I just met Jesse and drew and I bring the guitar over. We go downstairs and they play through the entire, you enjoy myself, the entire thing. And I got sick to my stomach. I was like, how did you guys learn this? Like I had just started listening to this album. Like I just discovered fish. This is 1992. Yeah. Mm. And they were playing the whole thing. I was like, I was like, how do you guys even know what this is? How did you learn it? Like what the hell? Who are you guys? So, so Drew's like, well, dude, why don't you learn it? And you can join the band. I was like, oh, okay. And then for three days at home with my CD player. And luckily my techniques had one of those AB buttons that you could pause and loop. Oh, and I had to figure out all those arpeggios in the beginning of you enjoy myself. And we went, I went through for three days and I learned the whole thing and I came back and we played it and they were like, Oh my God, dude, that was awesome. All right, sweet. Let's go. Let's start writing stuff and play. And we just started. That's how we started. <laughs> wow. And we played it at a first gig um, and a couple of people recognized it. We're like, oh my God, people know that song. That's awesome. Like I was, you know, was, you guys remember it was still yeah. pretty early 1992. Yeah. A lot of people weren't really, you know, fish wasn't what they were doing. Uh, yeah. We used to let, see them at the let me interrupt Casino you for one second. So back in the day, like there, there was no internet to fucking do any of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> there was like, Nothing. if you wanted to learn the lyrics to a song, you had to sit Re listening back and forth on a CD player, a tape deck, and just going back and forth, back and forth, trying to figure out what the what the singer was saying. And uh, you know, those often I actually I've I've come up with really decent lyrics to songs in the past by misinterpreting lyrics. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. I'll just use this. But uh yeah, and if you wanted to learn how to play a song, it was just, you know, you can't just go, oh, where's the YouTube for that? Oh my god. You had to like so bust your nuts. Because there weren't even books that would show you, you know, nothing unless you're looking at like jazz stuff or like, you know, you wanted to learn the Beatles catalog. But, uh, but even then they were that. Yeah, it was, it was nothing. The book, and the books were horrible. Usually. Yeah, they you know, were wrong. They, they <laughs> yeah. weren't. Right. They, weren't they give you good. they give you like, you know, open chords or something and, and the melody. But that that wasn't the, that wasn't the guitar part or, right. you know, and it, like the guitar the, part was embedded in the piano part. They wrote out for those piano guitar vocal arrangements. It yeah, was like right. the cliff notes of a song. It was like, this is right. not actually what anyone played in the band, but this <laughs> right. is what you do to produce the song. If the, you know, the old lady, right. the elementary school is going to play it in the corner for you. Like, this is the like, band's chord. Even though you, got, you, the you guys, book, the real book. Yes. Yeah like when we used to my first jazz teacher we'd pick up a song and he'd flip to the page in the real book and be like 
Nah, that ain't how Dizzy played it. And start fucking <laughs> changing shit. <laughs> you know, like, Honestly, updating that book. And then, yeah, it's just it was, that shit was hilarious. Yeah, you guys, and then, like, you guys taught someone else based on what that guy said, and pretty soon it's <laughs> right. the telephone game and the songs yeah. in a different key, and it's kind of crazy how that worked. Did so you get a book? Guys, oh, sorry. That's <laughs> right. Go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. I they, so you, would you um, you guys do, did a lot of um, uh, Zappa at the same. Go ahead. Well, Chuck, I love this question. No, no, I love this question because no. At, well, at first we did do um, Uncle Remus. Yeah. Now that's, I that's did what I not remember. know any Frank Zappa, and it's funny you're asking that. this. You're funny you're asking this because. People have been asking me, like, you know, I'm trying to think back when I met you guys and when I first saw you guys. And one of the very memorable moment I have burned in my brain is you. We played, we opened for you guys up at the other place in in Burlington, Metronome or something. Mm -hmm. Bigger yeah, upstairs yeah. room. Yeah. 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 So we opened, and you guys. I later realized it was four, and you were quoting Chuck Inca Rhodes when you were singing. Yeah. The whole thing with that. And I remember that yeah. was the first, I never heard that song before. So I thought kind of, I actually thought you wrote that part. Um, but I loved how you <laughs> sang that in your solo. And that, I remember that sealed something so much in my head, especially about you as a player, just the way you were playing and singing. And it just, it all lit up. And later I realized it was the Zappa thing. And I was like, oh, Zappa has that sound. I mean, I only really heard the Uncle Remus and don't go where the yellow, don't eat the yellow snow <laughs> song. My aunt used to play it for me. I think it was funny. I didn't understand the insane depth that Zappa had, has. I mean, his catalog and, and music stuff is just so, so insane. Um, but yeah, no, it's funny you said that. So we later, uh, Eric, the drummer is really into Zappa. Like one of those, like can tell you, all the albums, songs, tracks, counts can play most right. of the, just loves it, just lives on it. Um, so he really opened me up to a lot of that stuff. And I remember hearing at Berkeley, actually, the, uh, you guys, maybe Chuck, you probably heard the uh, Shut Up and Play Your Guitar stuff. Yeah. Those are so I, good. Just I didn't really, guitar I didn't, stuff. I didn't really like to listen to them. Like, it's too much, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you, yes. If you want to read, we, we you, when you need to learn it, then you have to, that's awesome, but it's hard to just. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. So for people yeah. who aren't, aren't familiar with, with that series and there's, there's several of them at this point, there's several volumes that, that they put, but it's, it's a compilation of Frank Zappa guitar solos that are all strung together to create sort of like new compositions and all so it's just all instrumental all lead guitar and it's and and in context like like chuck said it's it's a lot it can be um it's 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 overwhelming it's like it's you know, kind listening of, it's, to like Medeski martin and wood for two hours straight you know it's like there's there's a lot to digest there and yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's kind of like like they their con concerts were kind of like that, but they would strip every all the the vocals off. Which That's is right. Weird. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, that they kind of did that any with the set lists anyway. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So Suk, I have this. Um, 
I, I wish I could find it because uh, at the time I was keeping a journal and I wrote, I, I have a journal entry and I was, I was looking for it this week and I can't find it because, you know, all, a lot of these old journals are scattered in different trunks and whatever. And so I was looking yeah. in my basement, see if I could find it. I have a journal entry from the first time that we played together and I found it recently. I saw it in the last year or two and I remember reading about it and I wrote about it like that particular night and my, my recollection of it again, now I'm just recalling the thing that I recalled at the time that we opened for you and it was a club in Boston or just, out, it might've, again, it might've been in Medford or somewhere. It was like somewhere outside of Boston and we opened for you guys actually. And I wonder where that. Was. And my my recollection was like in a base, like a like a lower level or a basement level. Yeah, no mothers? one was there. We we played for the bartender. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. Was it Mother's Portsmouth, Portsmouth Brewery? Oh, yeah. It was Portsmouth Brewery. Portsmouth okay. Brewery. I remember okay. that very. I remember very specifically. Oh, yeah. that okay, day. so that was it. But we went on yeah. first, and then you guys went on second. And I remember sitting at the bar, and I was like, "Holy fuck, these got like these guys!" And I remember writing something about you guys being like these Berkeley cats and whatever, and like completely like getting taken to school that night by like I was just I was floored by the level of musicianship in your band versus whatever the fuck we had just done and I was like good god like I was like okay we should probably do a little homework or something. I don't even like I don't even know like I, I just remember like whatever I wrote that night I was like interesting wow. okay that, great i should probably learn how to play you enjoy myself <laughs> it helped me a lot man i really didn't i never had done a song like that before right no but i remember you guys were the first band that we had heard had done a trip down the east coast and back like we had met Ooh. moon boot lover lee <laughs> and they were like wow they actually he's actually they're actually bringing people to the show like we were just getting going and we swapped shows and we must have with you guys. And we were like, wow, I heard they just came back from like, maybe even North Carolina. That was to me, that was down South, you know, yeah. um, uh, they went to North Carolina back. Wow. They went to Holy coast. Um, yeah. and I think you guys had just done that or something that were coming back. And it's funny going through the head seed stuff. I'm hearing all the, this is what I, that's what I, <laughs> that's my sound, Brent black and, um, St. Augustine. And like those tunes, like were just, that was the first, I remember that so vividly, those, tunes just from when we first played it you guys i absolutely remember yeah. that that show that wasn't that dan the dan i forgot the guy who promoted it might have been promoting that show <laughs> promoting the show i have a <laughs> i have a funny story about that gig though oh uh, yeah so I, be, before i met i met uh these guys i went to unh and i i lived in um before i went to buffalo i, I went to school there and i used to go to the portsmouth the was it the brewery or brew pub whatever it was called yeah uh, used to go there and drink upstairs and eat and stuff. So mm -hmm. I knew the place pretty well. And, uh, we had our, our, I think we had the shitty yellow van at that point. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. And my brother was, uh, my brother, John, who are some Mo fans do know as brother, John, who's a, who's a writer <laughs> at, at that time, he was assistant Dean of humanities at UNH, uh, and lived in dover and we were uh staying with him crashing on his floor oh, that's right. uh, mm -hmm. so you know there was no like thought of uh you know a designated driver back in those days it's not like fucking kids do you know now now kids are really good about it but <laughs> all right we were not i was not and uh we just got hammered because we opened the show 
And then it was just like, we don't have to work anymore. So <laughs> didn't really think drink for free leaving. at the bar. And yeah, it was free beer, whatever. So we got, we got plowed, loaded up, left. And then I'm like, I'm driving, of course, because I don't know. It just seemed like when everyone was fucked up, it was like, well, Rob's probably the best at driving when he's fucked up. So that's our safest chance. <laughs> uh, you knew you were in the area. What's that? Yeah. You knew where we're you were driving going. Back to my brothers in Dover, which is like maybe uh, I don't know. It's a 15, 20 minute drive. Immediately going through Newington, we get pulled over. Cops just like you know, and and Jim I think is up in the front. He's like, suck on a penny, suck on a penny. <laughs> so like I'm going through the ash because apparently like you know. They, you know, that throws off the breathalyzer. I'm not really even sure what the deal was. I've heard I'm that. going through this nasty fucking ass. <laughs> and I'm like throwing change in my mouth, sucking on it. And the cop pulls over and he's like, have you been drinking? I'm like, no, I just not drinking. And he's like, all right, let's go. He's like, you know, I'm, I'm like spitting out the penny and stuff. And he, he's like, all right, let's let's go let's go do we're gonna walk the line and just as i'm like getting out of the car some other fucking guy like flies by us doing like 100 miles an hour and they're like what the fuck and the cops are like you just got lucky and they like just like fucking took off after this other guy and i was just like holy shit oh my he's like he's like Get back to your brother. You know, I, I explained what, what we're, we're doing. He's like, just get there. Don't stop anywhere. And then he just fucking took off and went after him. And I, I was like, for sure, because New Hampshire's not, a, you know, not a cool state to get busted for anything. Like cops nope. are rough there. And None of I them mean, are kids, just for the record. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I was much, but it, it, that was that gig. That was the first time we met you guys. And that's, that's really awesome. I, I forgot that was all at the same now. time. I was gonna say I can't believe. Well, first of all, when you started the story and I remembered it about the penny, I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and I had no idea that that was that night. I, I definitely remember that gig though. Like we only played mm -hmm. there at one time, and that was yeah. Oh, okay, I, I remember coming away from that gig thinking. The bass player was doing the lights, um, <laughs> and I had bought the CD, and because... Uh, well, Jim, that's because us bass players are always multitasking for the band. <laughs> yeah, like... You might have uh, been doing lights, but I was sucking on pennies. Or eating chicken wing. <laughs> um, Star Wars trash compactor closing in. Like, the, I, you guys played that song, and... I I was blown yeah. away. Like that's I, I looked at the CD. It was like, all right, it's on this. Got the CD. <laughs> yeah. I was so, I probably still have the CD actually somewhere. But that if you want, I have more. If you need one, okay. <laughs> yeah, I got some I can downstairs. trade with you. If you need some, I got, I got some. <laughs> I have a pallet full of them. Yeah. You do you take trades. The the other thing, and this was like when uh, you know we had we had been playing for a while at this point like touring for a while and stuff and and doing a lot of shows with other bands and everything and and you guys had just started and i remember back in those days like eric was adamant about playing his drum kit like and he'd go through lengths to to make sure he'd use he'd set up in tiny places or whatever and then i remember you know when i was playing in yoke so this is like five six years down the road 
and we were playing with you guys. And at the point, I had this freaking ginormous drum set. You know, I took you had that kit, stage. right? Yeah, yeah, took and half the bus. Yeah, and I'm I'm thinking like had like a drum that you'd use once in the once for the night that. But it was a key. It was key in that it song. Was yeah. <laughs> the song would have sounded completely different if if I didn't have that drum. But before the gig, and you know, we were playing with you guys, and I know I'm thinking, I'm like, this, this Eric's not going to want to play my kit, and I don't know what he's going to do. And you guys came in, and Eric's like, yeah, sure, I'll play, man. I don't care anymore. It's just like he had been <laughs> he broken broke in. after a while. He broke after a while. He's like, yeah, I just I can't do it. I'm going to load it in, sweet. I'll leave it in the van, sweet. All right, give him a snare drum. And then after you guys have said, he comes, he comes into me, up to me, and he's like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like I did not know there was certain things I was like I had too many options I couldn't <laughs> there was too much to do you need the that's funny. I told him one time one of his best gigs was when he had to use a really reduced kit I forgot why but it was like kick tom snare hi-hat and he played the best he had played in like years and I was like dude <laughs> yeah. you had less options to mess with you you distributed your ideas in insane ways across mm -hmm. the patterns for what and I was like no more he's like yeah yeah forget it <laughs> I'm bringing my kid back I was like no no dude <laughs> it was so uh, he was it was so cool to see like something just like that like you, you have you have too many decisions you, it changes the way you play I had to right. I, I had to constantly because of my kit I had to do it all the time with Yoke when I was drumming for Mo, it's not like I had a small drum set at that point either. And we, Jim, I remember before before you before you left Mo to join join Yoke for like the last couple of months, I started to become obsessed with your drum set and trying <laughs> yeah, to make yeah. it better for you because it was just spinning out of control. And I was like, like, and I just wanted I wanted the rack to be better. I wanted it to like be more uniform. I wanted it to pack better. And it was like it was my goal somehow to like <laughs> achieve like this better state of Zen somehow with your drum set. It wasn't like I don't even know why, but like it became my goal for you to have like especially mounting the the gong drum right and, uh, and i remember like working on it like in the you basement no with you while we're on the yeah. road like i don't know why like i wanted it to be better for you so <laughs> i thought it would be better for all of us if it was better for you <laughs> i always appreciated that al yeah so you guys uh jim and and Suk, you guys ended up playing together in a band for quite a while right like hey, yeah. yeah yeah i was thinking about that that was yeah it's funny how that so many years trying to I was a sub though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. 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 So let's, Absolutely. let's get old Lynch gigs. Yeah. Uh -huh. Let's yeah. talk about the Lynch days. Uh, was a, it was a Lynch. fun gig, right? I mean, I mean, it can't not be if it's Terry and Shannon, right? They were, I mean, it's yeah. always just a fun, just to begin with, it's just a family fun jam. Right. Um, but the tunes were great because they both showcased each of them and they were easy enough for band members to kind of jump in and not sweat out really deep, arrangement stuff you could just kind of jam enough but have vehicles of songs for people can like al you often jumped in oh yeah i mean i said um, i bunch and loved it a bunch yeah. of times you know yeah um, it's a great party band for sure totally yeah so people loved it enjoyed it we always had a lot of fun um um right. yes yeah, so i think about i think about some of those songs they're very fun songs oh, for sure. they are yeah they are they're and it's uh yeah it was it's good uh, definitely good times. like Terry uh, rapping and, and some of his lyrics over like a guitar line that Suk clearly wrote. Right. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. Weird kind of like yeah, no problem co co-opting material. Like, yeah. Just left the center. <laughs> it's like with this modal guitar and bass thing, and Terry's going over the top, and then kind of have to straighten it out for solos. <laughs> and then there was this. Colin is just such a good bass player, mm -hmm. but it, but he's lefty, so that's just weird. It <laughs> 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 just looks weird, and. Well, uh, but but he you know he had a really good groove so I was able to kind of play some off stuff that was that was really fun and not and in a beat way like not the fills themselves so just messing with the and playing a lot of just kick snare hat. Until Souk started soloing, and then I just would just kind of go nuts. Well, yeah, that's what he said. Like, that's a go to town because Colin was so good. He was like the Noel Redding. Like, he would just stay in the middle and hold it all together. <laughs> and that's what a lot, because that's what, like, in Schleho, I always told Eric, Eric was always all over conversationally, rhythmically with what I was doing. We could just go, go back and forth forever. Um, but it was funny, like, in Lynch, though, like, I would take solo and a peak of a solo and bring it up again and bring it up again. And I look over to Terry, and Terry's like, <laughs> like, oh my god dude i can't keep going man i can't keep going he's like no 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 more 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 right. <laughs> you're killing it you're killing me terry's like things. shaking a tambourine <laughs> loving what's happening so he doesn't uh, want it to like stop sweating blood up and, there and he's right. like and meanwhile colin's probably just laying back in the pocket <laughs> just holding down like he right. never missed a note or anything he was yeah. never off he never not knew where he was like Colin, so he's very his bass very playing was like mm -hmm. his personality, man. He's just so yeah. level and mm -hmm. totally right, right, totally. right. So you're going to be playing with us this summer, which will be a much different experience. <laughs> I guarantee that I'm going to miss notes. Right I now. love that, hey man. <laughs> I will forget lyrics. I will miss notes. That's part of my charm, right? <laughs> also a lot like Rob's personality, right? I tune in and out. <laughs> Oh no, that's no, that's very much. Uh, no, I'm very home with that. Um, we often <laughs> missed a lot of notes. Had very knows out of place words. I'm words. I'm useless with words, man. I'm just. I really. Just, I'm terrible with words. Yeah. Um. That's okay, dude. That's I love all right. it. All. Um. No, I've been. In, I've been so enjoying going through all the music. Like, uh, and there's been a lot of it. There's a lot of music, yeah. and it's been fascinating. It's been so deep and in so many layers and stuff too. Anyways, uh, but it's been a uh, that's I'm right, sure man. you get like 10 fingers on one hand so <laughs> <laughs> i still can't believe you charted everything well it's not like it's not like a, it's i mean i could show you my cheat sheet if you want to see one i've had one I'm, so what i'm doing now is i went through all the i'm not going to say any of what they are but i went i i first made a playlist on spotify of all the sets coming up to me this whole thing for me is just the first gig we're doing which is really five and one as far as right. i'm looking at it we have five gigs in three days yeah you know worth of stuff so mm -hmm. i had a i made a spotless a spotify playlist of all the tunes and then i'm so glad i got dialed into the nugs.net so i made a set list of all the most recent times you guys had played the tunes so i can hear what you were currently uh -huh. doing them on stage like the Rocky Mountain Way that was in the middle of one of those songs. That was <laughs> <laughs> that also, I was like, Wait a minute, don't what? do that again. Don't, don't do that. I was like, I don't think they do this every time. This must no, they don't. Happen in that day that something happened. No. Or they did spontaneously with the talk box. Or there something. was extra tequila Mostly. in the mix. Oh, that <laughs> Bill Wall shows up and I'm like, here we go. Um, so it's been great going through all that stuff. So I, I finally, I mean, for me, I need to. 
like one of the skills I've luckily had has been for the last 17 years, I've been teaching more than I could possibly shake a stick at. I've had 50 students a week for 17 years at, at crazy. minimum to maximum wow. in classes and privates. So it's like, you know, a dozen to so private lessons. And then I do 10 classes a week, mostly stuff I'm writing for the classes stuff. And the one thing I did the most was figure out songs for students yeah. constantly. And before we would go even like Rob said, like you can go to ultimate guitar, pull up quick tabs. And I might in a heartbeat just to quickly get something just to say, okay, this is sort of right, but this is not right. Yeah. And I would map out songs. Because students don't understand the the problem with like even all today's technology is you get a chord, like the lyrics with the chord letters above it, mm-hmm. right? So Sweet Home Alabama, I hate to use that song, would have a D, D, and D <laughs> over it, right? So, but you don't know, is the D and the C in one bar and the G's in its own bar? Are they each an own bar? Or is there two right, bars right. of G? So that stuff, so you have to map it out. So what I end up doing to the tunes is something like, I don't know if you guys can see, I'll just map out like bars, sections, verse, chorus, melodies, specific little rhythmic things that I need to remember. Mm-hmm. So I kind of get one for each tune. And once I do that, that really helps me kind of ground it mentally in my head of kind of what's happening in the song. Because as, <laughs> as you guys know, listening to your tracks, I mean, they go 17 minutes, 18 minutes, you know, George, Lazarus, like some of these are pretty yeah. deep. Um, there's a lot of depth, I mean, serious depth to this stuff. And I love it. And, and, and that's the other thing I've been enjoying every single part of it. I'm, I'm amazed how much I love it. Not that I wasn't, that sounds so weird. Right, like, right. Hey, man, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Any band, there's gotta be, there's some songs you're like, okay, that those are more my favorites than these are, but there's such an awesome variety and they're all so much fun and so cool. And you guys, like, that's the other thing is like, I can see each of your personalities coming out more in the songs. I see who, right. I can definitely probably tell you who, I mean, obviously vocal stuff too, but you can kind of see the, it's just really cool and fascinating study of your music. I was like, I should make like a Mo real book. You just published a book, right? Right. Uh, I, uh, five, five actually five. Yeah, five and, wow. Yeah. So I did, um, I got them back. I don't know if you guys want to see them or not, but Jim What's has the one of them. Um, so they were all five at once I did. These were books I had written. So I've been teaching at New York city guitar school since 2003 when I first moved to the city. And I was like, I was working at a restaurant. Any, any of the number of thousands of jobs I've had in my life, uh, supporting my love of music. Um, and I replied to this school. They just opened, um, they had heard we were on a label with the Almond Brothers and had toured with Derek Trucks and they were all excited about that. And it really was a very small, I was the first person they hired, basically. They had a couple in-house people that started this little one-room facility on 30th Street. And we've grown over the years. Um, I became the director of the lead guitar program. They, only, they We really taught adult beginners is really what their niche was, uh, saving people from getting lessons, going through Craigslist. So we had kind of like a little thing. We, he had a program, a little beginner's program. Um, I added the lead. I was like, dude, we got to have a lead program. People love to take solos, man. People want to play blues and stuff. So that's how that started. <laughs> Over the years, they became 10-week courses. They built up one after another. I rewrote them on and off over the years. Uh, but then when COVID hit, I was like, man, I'm going to rewrite all of them from scratch with one giant kind of canopy lens over the whole pathway that has been building for 17 years and um, put them together. It took, took me about a year straight last year to every day half a chapter, at least half a chapter a day. I had to get wow. the diagrams and it was going great. There's 700 pages. That's amazing. Wow. Nuts. So I finally got it done and it's finally available everywhere on Amazon, Barnes and Noble directly from oh, nice. the guitar workshop is my nice. 
branding thing. So we have a YouTube channel that's almost 6,000 people now. Wow. So, um, all for teaching, teaching guitar. There's so many people who want to play guitar and they just don't understand basics of stuff that would really, really help them. That's why I see most all the time. Well, Jen, <laughs> he brought up a, we'll make an appointment one time. <laughs> You're a big deal, dude. I, I mean, what a, what a huge accomplishment. Yeah, that is, yeah, that is well, fantastic. And yeah, congratulations to you well, thank for... You. For say, I mean, what a what a great thing. I mean, we we all know like how much work it takes to to see a project through from start to finish. Whether it's a concert, a a, a special concert, you know, like a Halloween show or an album or and all those things. Like that's that's our that's our lives. You know, we work in not not only that creative world, but in the world of of project management. You know, that's that's kind of what what we do. And we've we've all spent the last 30 years or more doing that stuff. And we've been doing it since it was building like ghetto light boards on our own. And we built our own road cases, you know, everything we did, like everything we've done has been like this sort of cottage industry of doing stuff like that. And and the realization of publishing five books like that is pretty phenomenal. So, so good well, on you. you. That is, thank that you, is man. awesome. Thank what a great accomplishment. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, hey, you can be done now. Yes. <laughs> I definitely, that's enough for no, a while. Because, just, it was yeah, so glad so just to have him. it preserved, you know, it's like, you like get the album done, you know, you're like, it's done and you don't want to listen to it anymore. <laughs> like, you know, I've seen this material. I've been teaching it for so long and I love all of it. I, I'm very confident with everything in there. And it's just like the craft of music too. That's the other part that's mm -hmm. really important. Like over time is separating that there's, there's this, there's the music, there's the language, there's the instruments, but then there's the soul behind it. Like there's really a lot of dimensions to music. It's not one formula. It's not one video or one book or any one thing that's going to do it. They can all guide you. Like, you know, like Rob was saying, we didn't have any guidance when I was learning other than my teacher. And if he was an idiot, then I was being guided by an idiot, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but later I was like, man, this guy really isn't that good. What am I listening to him for? Um, right. He was just and, a guy and, at the local music store. You know, I thought, thought they thought they vetted him, you know, apparently <laughs> <laughs> not. Oh, he doesn't smell like whiskey. All right. He's good enough to teach. All right. <laughs> oh, he does smell like whiskey. Well, put a penny in his mouth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so my first, my first bass teacher was, uh, the dude who was in high school. I was in eighth grade. He was a high schooler. He lived in the court behind my, house and he was just the local awesome bass player and he would hop over the fence and we'd go in my garage. <laughs> he'd show me iron maiden tunes for a slice of elio's pizza <laughs> that was a deal, man. <laughs> elio's i love the i love the elio's too oh my god lived on that stuff and it was oh, awesome god. Like the well, so you can't be completely there. done yet because uh, we still need you to play guitar with us this summer. Right. <laughs> oh, right. And then you're going to write yeah, the real book of Mo stuff, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, right. My bad. We actually do have a book. Uh, I don't. I remember we did like a best of. Yeah, I think it, at one it point, went we? with the smash hits, right? Really? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Why don't you guys send me a copy? <laughs> we don't. We don't have them. I know. We don't have know they exist. Now, awesome. I, I didn't know they existed. It's a thing. I don't even it have exists. a copy. That's that's right. our extent of it. Yeah, that that's out there somewhere. We. No, and know. it's not for guitar players like you. It's for the old lady in the corner, like yeah, you said. Cliff <laughs> notes, man. That's all. Really, these are. Um, I, I do. The old lady in the corner. Yeah, I I do have a question. Well, I have two questions for you. One, where so you said people can find this on Amazon. 
find it, your books on Amazon. Um, yes. And yeah, so Amazon, workshop. Yeah, yeah. Let me. Uh, I mean, we might as well give you a plug oh, yeah, while so, we're here. Well, yeah, sure. So it's called Lead Guitar Workshop. That's been my teaching brand okay. um, that I've done for a while. Here's my logo, my face, and my picture and stuff on front. Uh, <laughs> you know, official ISBN numbers that are associated with the books and stuff. Whoa. So it's all like um, diagrams, tabs, examples, just different. Uh, so it's basically built in like 10 lessons. So if wow. you like, if you're starting out, maybe you've played some pentatonic blues and you're kind of not quite sure if it's major and minor kind of basic stuff, this is a great place. Level one, um, it builds up through level two and level three. Show you for a second, right? So level two, you see the tree getting bigger as your knowledge is growing. And level uh, three, so this is like a 30 lesson pathway that takes uh each one is like a week at the guitar school the way we teach it but this is meant just it shows you how to warm up how to practice how to budget your time for doing this kind of stuff learning a new mm -hmm. idea um and a lot of it i use this stuff called self-generating where i realized a lot of our heroes i remember when i first walked into berkeley and i was so proud and i was i'm dating myself taking out my albums like <laughs> i can't see him up here my jeff beck and hendrix and stuff and i remember being like yeah man i'm on the right pathway just like jeff beck and hendrix they went to school Cool. No, they didn't. What did they do? <laughs> Why are they there? And I'm at school. They oh, went to art school and did drawing, right? <laughs> um, but I realized that they what they didn't when they practiced. They were doing it in context of jamming with themselves, playing a song, riffing, working on licks in time. And then at some point, people were like, "No, I need to practice. Put aside, do lick, practice, stop, do lick, stop." And they weren't playing it in music anymore. So I got really these books kind of focus on doing everything in real time with yourself, like strum a chord for a bar, play a riff for a bar and just build like a one chord vamp song for yourself to practice sure, yeah. versus repetition and stuff like that. Anyways. So then I have a modes book that Jim had uh, about the, the, uh, you gotta wear like garlic necklaces and stuff. It gets kind of like voodoo level when you get into modes, man, for people. Uh, and then one on chords and arpeggios. And uh, yeah, so all five of them are kind of built with the same scope and same um thing that were like the culmination of everything i've been doing which is so awesome but so at leadguitarworkshop.com that's my website it actually there serves me a little better to bypass um you know unless you like sending um oligarchs into space um if, unless you you know you can you can go to amazon if it's your account it's easier to get prime shipping and stuff um and i think they're trying to undersell me for some reason i don't know what amazon's doing anyways amazon barnes and noble lead guitar workshop so, Suk, I, I, the thing that I was wondering, and and I, I need to phrase this delicately, um, <laughs> you, you've written this book, you know, with with all. I mean, it sounds great. I like the approach, and and I want, and I actually am interested in purchasing the series for myself now. Um, the thing that I'm curious about is how you develop a series like this. Yet, when I think of you as a player, it's it's not any of those things that you're talking about. You are anything but <laughs> like, I don't think of your playing coming from a place of like where this tradition or foundation or any of these things are because your playing always sounds, I don't want to say it's out of the box, but it's not definitely not in the box and you're painting like, like, well, I don't know, like all, like all, like, in, like with the, like these, like the palette that you use is, Fast. Not yeah. I mean that's the thing. So how do you how do you get from book five to where you are? And oh well, are that, you following I mean, my question? Yeah, yeah. No, no, okay. totally. It, it would be. Um, oh, is that geez, a choice I mean, I, or is that it, your it, voice? It, 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 
is that my choice or my voice? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't know what to say. No, no. I mean, it's like, I mean, I am I, some of the stuff I'm still relearning that I'm writing in my own books, right? So I often talk about music is such a circular process. It's never mm -hmm. a linear, like I figured out pentatonics. Now I'm onto the seven note scales. Now I'm onto this and I've mastered every, like where I'm constantly going back and getting sure. my fundamentals better, just playing over triads right. better and more effectively. So part of it's becoming, I'm so comfortable with, like, I know the notes in my head. I know the notes on my instrument. I can see them and that, and that barrier is getting less and less. So I can let the ideas flow more naturally as I progress longer as a musician. You guys probably all are, are aware of how much more brain space you have when you play music. You know, like a lot of my students, I'll have mm -hmm. them strum and we have to talk. Hey, oh. what concert you see today? And they stop playing and they tell me. I'm like, no, no, you got to keep yeah. drumming, dude. Yeah. Well, I can't. Well, I, I, well, I saw, I saw a concert that I like. No, 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 no. And you got to break this. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's that maturity level that definitely amplifies that stuff. Right. Um, it's nothing new that I'm doing beyond the books. So there's no new, I mean, maybe some new kind of scale stuff, a little melodic minor or maybe a harmonic minor adjustment of notes or something. But really it's nothing different beyond that, just different execution of that material. And just the way I love here, all my favorite artists, like I've listened to a lot of pretty different kinds of stuff too. And, um, you know, I love Stravinsky's Rite of Spring as much as I do Sean Lane or Steve Vai or... Hendrix to Herbie Hancock to like just different approaches to melodic invention. Coltrane was a huge influence on how I listened to melodies and lines move. I couldn't replicate any of it. You know, <laughs> Alan Holdsworth. Now there's a guy who I need to sit down and I mean, I Oh no. Uh -oh. We lost him. There, there he is. we go. Hey, Hey, I broke, I broke zoom with my knowledge there. So I don't know what I <laughs> and you guys, great. that was the most important thing I could say. I'm glad you guys caught that. Right. I don't know how far he got Alan Holdsworth. And that was Alan it. Holdsworth. Okay. That was pretty much, right. that was pretty much it. He made a comment one time listening to us that the guitar player is always phrasing in one bar phrases or something. And I was like, what? what? I never even like thought about that. You know, like playing over the bar, stretching your ideas beyond the constraints of the form and stuff like that. And just I, different I, mentalities I, of approaching melodies and stuff. I, right. I play like a horn player or, or a singer, singer because you have to get a, a breath. I, I do the same thing with, with um, lines like that. Less means, means more. <laughs> but yeah, right. I mean, you've been trying to, I've been trying to undo to get more out of less. Like I, mm -hmm. that's something maturity right. again where years helps yeah. develop that <laughs> right and 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 i can hear that for sure you know well well, well thanks for that it's yeah, uh, whatever whatever it is you're doing is going to fit in real nicely with us this summer with you and nate and uh we're certainly really looking forward to doing this and it'll be nice to get back out on stage um, oh me i, I yeah. know that what's that oh nothing i was saying me too man i, I am no. so excited to play this stuff on stage like even just for you guys, like at the Capitol in December, that felt so comfortable and so natural for me. I was so That's surprised for how well that felt for me. I'm, I'm assuming you guys probably felt similar. It just felt really good. I mean, yeah, it was, it was good. It was, it was, uh, I felt, I felt okay with it. It's, it's, it's tough, you know, when you're coming in and I mean, that was a rough time too, but, um, you made it a nice, easy transition. You and Nate made it a very, uh, nice transition for us, especially on the last set of the, that weekend. 
Um, so we're really looking forward to it. I know, I, I know you probably have a bunch of, uh, lessons scheduled and we're, we're taking time away from, um, your, your job here. So we really appreciate you coming on and, uh, talking to us and appreciate all our fans for listening to it. But thank you so much. Well, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on. I'm so honored to do this and I'm, I'm just, I can't believe we're having these conversations and we're here um just to make beautiful <laughs> music i'm happy i hope everyone is, is going to enjoy it and really just feel at home with all of it um you know and uh, i can't wait to get out there and do it and actually i'm gonna get right back into your tunes again yeah. uh, it's it you know if uh if nothing else the, we're we're looking forward to the adventure and and spending some more time with you and uh and like rob said it was it was a really good fit it was an easy fit and uh Oh, we've been making music together for for so long at this point, and uh, I know, right? And, I mean, and and now we can do it. We can do it in our house for a little while. So and, I love it. Yeah, it, it'll be fun, Sook. We're looking forward to it. So we can't wait for you to teach us our tunes. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I do have one quick last question. If you guys have a second, it's for you, Van. Actually, okay. <laughs> On your tune, Mardimar, Mardimar, yeah, Mardimar, right? yeah. Uh, I don't know who wrote the notes for it, but when I was actually writing did. the notes of the, who did, uh, I think I can't remember who came up with the notes. I, I thought well, it was on one of the Rob phrases. So I wrote out the rhythms of the head first and I wrote yeah. out the notes above it. D E B D E B. No kidding. I was like, Oh, that's hilarious. He, sp he spelled Deb's name in the song. No that's kidding, awesome. Dude. I was like, I wonder if he did that on purpose or not. Interesting. Like, I'm going to have to tell her. That's awesome, dude. Yes, that yeah, was he all did, on He did it on purpose, man. Yeah, that was on me. Yeah, take credit for yes. that, Vin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Deb, I wrote your initials in the... <laughs> I forgot to tell you five right years ago. Right before the triplet. No kidding. Classic stuff. Anyways. That's sorry. awesome. Cool. <laughs> all right. Well, Good to know. Good to know. Uh, thanks for thank doing this. Thank, thank all you folks for listening. We really appreciate you tuning in. Uh, this has been Mo's Pod Crash uh, with Stuk. And uh, remember, no gig is confirmed until we are on stage playing. This has been Pod Crash, the original podcast by the members of the band Mo. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you all next time.